Yep. Hi, I'm Sarah, and welcome to the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast, a podcast where my friend Liz and I talk about all of the things we usually talk about at our weekly Sunday lunch. Which we actually had today. We actually had Sunday lunch today. These topics vary from the hilarity of day-to-day life to theology, from how adorable our dogs are to the nuances of faith and life in this interesting cultural moment, all from the perspective of two women working in ministry. We might not get to share a meal with you, but you're always invited to this table. Or the TV trays. (laughs) Or the TV trays that we are at today. (laughs) Anyway, um, on today's episode, we are at episode number 12, 12, which is so crazy to me. I can't believe we did No, this is 11. Because last week we made a joke about two hands. Oh, just kidding. (laughs) This is episode 11. (laughs) Was that last week? Yeah. Oh my goodness. And we have a special guest here, Michelle Stefan. Yeah. Hi. Uh, Michelle is Liz's sister-in-law and my good friend, and we're excited to have her here today. And so, as always, um, we're excited to have you here to talk about all the things, so pull up a seat. I didn't even give you a head up. Why did I give you a heads up? Because. started already. I know. I quite figured. Hi. (laughs) I'm Sarah. I'm Liz. Oh, and I'm Michelle. Michelle is our special guest today. We're so yep. glad to have her here. Hi. Hi. We think we talk about her enough. And right. She should just be on the show. Yeah. Right. But she's been really nervous. Yeah. I just get nervous about these things, you know? Which is so funny. She's sitting here trying to write an outline, and we're like, Michelle, that's not how we do Sunday lunch. <laughs> I'm like, let's write an outline about what we're going to talk about Sunday lunch. Although, at lunch today, Michelle was there with us, and our friend Catherine, mm-hmm. she was talking about wedding planning. You were talking about how um, meticulous you were about planning. Um, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Catherine and Sarah both said, yeah, we kind of had really long engagements. I don't know why, blah, blah, blah. And I was, how long was your engagement? Oh, 10 months, 11 months. It's like, ours is like over a year and a half, so. Yeah, you guys yeah. had a long You said there were Excel sheets. Oh, yeah. That was the exciting part. Michelle's and, a list maker. <laughs> I am definitely your type A organizational type person. I, we made, um... If you look at her notes right now, she made a secret list. I did, and I hid it because <laughs> I it wanted it... Because she didn't want us to judge you? Well, no, because I didn't want you guys to see it and then, like, would mess up your your yeah. usual... In the past, Liz and I have tried to make an outline yeah. for the podcast, but it doesn't work. We Because we end up having to re-record two or three times. Yeah, it's not good. No. Because the whole point of this podcast is... What we talk about at lunch. And, and we talk about all the weird things. And having a regular conversation. Right. And so when we try to control it too much, it doesn't work. But weddings, you have to control a little bit. So I get that. Yeah. But all I remember is that when we were venue searching, which is a whole nother topic. It was like a full weekend. You, well, David had a clipboard. He was very excited. With like to have rubrics of how to like grade each place. What? And you had a yellow moleskin journal mm-hmm. that you lost Stop. once and it was like the end of the I world. I was freaking out when I lost it and then found it. I what year did you get married? 2014. There was technology during that period <laughs> There's of time, There's something Michelle? so like therapeutic about using color-coordinated pens. Oh my goodness. And making lists and charts and plans in... In, like, a real tangible book, you know? Like, it's just... You know, but even, great. like, in my job, I like things when they're printed. I like having the actual files of things. Yeah. Like, the physical files. I know that technology is there with computers. And my um, staff member, Amanda, always makes fun of me because I'm like, put it in the binder, put it in the binder. But sure enough, those binders and those permission slips that I have saved for years <laughs> come in handy regularly. Uh. <laughs> Our pastor still writes on, like, a yellow legal pad. 
Like wow. all of his sermons, which I I can't handle. <laughs> yeah. I can't handle. I'm pretty organized when I do like digital files. And so I'm writing a book. And so I'm doing like individual chapters in individual files, like not just writing all one. Then if you lose something, you're only losing one thing and it helps yeah. me keep yeah. things organized. But yeah. I have terrible handwriting. Oh, I do too. So bad. Mine's so, not great. But it's just something about, I feel like it adds value. Okay, but you know who has amazing handwriting? is David. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. David has the best handwriting out of everyone. It's the weirdest thing. Like, I saw him and write he's something. a nurse. And it's like, why do you have You're not handwriting? supposed to be able to read prescriptions, guys. This is Well, not he doesn't write prescriptions. Doesn't he's he write, not a doctor. But doesn't he write something? Referrals. Like, oh, stuff. referrals. Yeah, yeah, not prescriptions. Because I saw him, but, yeah. like, writing something out. I don't know anything. So tell us. Okay, so this is an interesting story because... You guys all went to college together. So you, so Michelle, Liz, and David. Right. And David is Liz's brother. Yes. Um, so how did you meet David, Michelle? Um, well, through Liz, obviously. Okay. You're but welcome. what's the story? So um, Like were you just friends to, with Liz because you wanted to like date her brother? <laughs> no, no. I uh, actually didn't well, know. Then the story him. is less salty than I just <laughs> We um, met through a mutual friend when we needed a fourth roommate. Was that our, our third year at Biola when we moved it to was, the apartment? Yeah, that was our third year. Okay, so I didn't meet her until our third year into college. And um, there were four of us moved into apart- an apartment, and I guess I didn't meet him till that the inner term, like yeah. between semesters. So at, we went to Biola University in La Mirada. And they have, during their January term, there's no classes all of January. Yeah. Or you can take one class. It's an extra cost if you're, like, behind or yeah, if you want to yeah. get ahead. And so I stayed on campus that year, um, and I took two classes. So I got seven units done in four weeks, which was crazy, and I was so busy. Um, but but one, that's awesome. That's the way to go. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was working at Disneyland at the time. So yeah. I worked there while we were in school, but also... During the inner term, the winter break time is, like, so busy at Disneyland, so I was working a lot. And one evening, and David was working he, as a nurse down there. Um, oh, he was already a nurse before you met. Yeah, he was, he okay. had his shifts and stuff at the nursing, at the hospital. Is it going to be weird if I open a White Claw right now in the middle of this podcast? I opened mine before It's going to be started. so loud. Michelle brought us White Claw. I've never had it. Oh. Is that That's our sponsorship? Uh, sponsor us. <laughs> I already have a sponsor. Matthew. Matthew. Um, and so... Oh, that's sour. Okay. One evening, David was over, and he and I um, were playing Scrabble and watching Mrs. Doubtfire. Michelle, <laughs> like siblings do. <laughs> and Michelle walks in in her horrible Tomorrowland Terrace costume, which yes. she hated. That's why I say it's terrible. What did this thing look like? Bright orange hat, baseball cap sort of hat that I had to put my hair in a ponytail in the back, really low, so I look like a boy. Yikes. Um, uh, royal blue pants that were, like, not... Fancy! Not, like, fitting to any no, body type. No, they're very, like, block clothes. Yeah. Like, they have to fit, everybody has right. to fit these. Yeah, and then a, like, 70s futuristic version of a shirt and jacket. So what you're saying is it was love at first sight for David. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, he, he, he walked in and that could have. grease and uh, <laughs> weird Tomorrowland outfits, yeah. So you walk in and I tell, <laughs> I say, oh, David, this is my roommate, Michelle. Michelle, this is my brother, David. And the two of you, you guys deny this, but I remember it clearly. 
stared at each other for a little bit too long. Now, it could have been the hamburger grease that he was just, like, attracted to. <laughs> She's like, man, she smells like fried food. He does love fried food. He always eats my leftover tempura. I know. He does. When we go out to yeah. the And so food. I had to drive him to his apartment afterwards because he and I were kind of sharing a car at this point. Oh, yeah. And he was like, well, tell me a little bit more about Michelle. And I said, like, oh, she's a speech communications um, disorder major. Mm-hmm. And she lives in, like, Clovis and works at Disneyland. Just kind of told him the basic stuff. <laughs> and then I, I drop him off. And he goes, oh, okay. And then I get home. And she goes, well, tell me a little bit more about your brother. And, I'm and you're like, all, oh. I don't remember that. You did. Because okay. I was like, he's a nurse. And... <laughs> Hello, nurse. <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? It's not weird. Well, you just did. So. Well, I don't care. Do you have to pay royalties? I'm so sick, then, so I don't have any filters. What was sorry. it? Like four years later, you guys get engaged. Wait, what? Four years? <laughs> yeah. How long were they you? They didn't like? start dating right away. More than four years. Okay. No, it was about four years later. We dated for about four years. I yeah, like that yeah, you got telling it, you about you your got, relationship no, timeline. I'm I was saying terrible you got engaged four years later. Oh, okay. And then two, almost two years later, you got married. That's right. I forgot. Something yeah. like that. So. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. So, Michelle, you worked at Disneyland. Yeah, I loved it. I actually worked in a few different departments, and the only reason I quit was because the department I was in was overstaffed, and so I couldn't get enough hours to, like, oh. survive as a, an adult. So you were a cast member. Yes. Yeah, that's I was a cast cool. member who wore costumes on stage and backstage. Okay, so Liz said <laughs> earlier off podcast that you were a plaid. Yes. Tell us what a plaid is. Um, I did not call her a plaid. You called it a pled. I called her a Because Liz can't say a hard A. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that nope. should be the technical term for it. A hard A. a. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was a plaid, which is another way. <laughs> um, I mean, Liz is a hard A. That's <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I'm glad we could do this. <laughs> but yeah, I worked in guest relations, um, which is another name for the plaids because okay. we wore a plaid vest. Okay. Um, and so that's like the people who give tours, work in City Hall. Um, Aren't they also the people that celebrities like hire to like yeah. give them, guide them around? Oh. Yeah, like VIP tours. Yeah. And work on the phones. Yeah. Did you want me to tell that Please story tell today? That story. Okay. This is the oh, best. Yeah. <clears throat> um, okay. It's now become a family tradition of ours. <laughs> yes, it really has. Um, so when I used to work on the phones, which is probably one of my more favorite shifts doing there, but... That's something you'd probably be really good at because you're very perky. Yes. And it's just basic information. So if, if um, we can't really transfer them to departments in the park, that's not really how it operates just because that yeah. would make things a little chaotic. Right. But um, we can answer basic questions about... The firework times, the parade, yeah. you know, what about hours on holidays? What rides are closed, or, yeah, or... what rides are closed today? Which um, characters are out? Um, things like that. But our one of our main rules is we cannot hang up on oh, the guests. Right. They have to hang up. So every once in a while, people will come in either they're just or call in they're either lonely or oh. like people with special needs a lot of times yeah. would call kind of just because they want to talk to someone that, that that's at Disneyland you yeah. know yeah and that's just a fun thing and so sometimes it's really pleasant and great and sometimes people are rude and you have to just kind of like pretend to be pleasant still and like wait for them to be done talking about right. weird things anyways um so one day I had a call and it was this guy, I'm not sure how old he was, but um, 
I think he was a teenager. Okay. And he called in asking about a couple different things, like what time the park was open and closed, mm-hmm. um, if Peter Pan was going to be there. Oh. There was another lady with special needs who <clears throat> called in at least twice a day asking about Peter Pan. Oh, that's so sweet. And, yeah. <laughs> and um, But this guy asked about rocket rods at Tomorrowland. I'm like, why did they close? And I kind of had an idea of why they closed. I was like, I'm not 100% sure, but this is what... Um, what was said to have happened because it was like they were wearing out the brakes and stuff and it was becoming a safety issue. Sure. And so I explained it to him in my Disney voice, you know, and then um, he asked about another attraction that's still open and I was like, yeah, that one's open. And then he would kind of go back and, and we were talking about the same things over and over. And then the one that he talked about the most was the train. And I said, yeah, the train's still My in operation. My loves the train because we like to take naps on the train. <laughs> <laughs> and it um, is a nice little resting thing. Like, it is. And just chill. And it's peaceful. Yeah. And you can stay on as long as you want. Yeah, seriously. And so he uh, told me the story. He goes, last time I was at Disneyland, um, I asked someone and they said it was okay um, if I could have a snack on the train. And, and so he said it was okay. So I did. So I was eating a snack. And um, do you guys still have the Grand Canyon? area and I was like yeah that's still there that's still part of the train ride you know where you see the Grand Canyon and then it goes back in time you see the dinosaurs and he kept coming back to that like that's I I just like to sit on the train I just like to sit Mm -hmm. and eat and look at the animals like okay well yeah that sounds great you know and I'm we would get to these pauses and like I can't hang up dude so and then we would start up again the rocket rods this ride that ride and the train I just want to sit and eat and look at the animals they should make a restaurant there. I'm like, yeah, that'd be a great idea. That's actually a great idea. <laughs> I would go I to know, that right? restaurant. But he said it so so that people can go and sit and eat and look at the animals. <laughs> so what do you do when you go to Disneyland, Liz? <laughs> well, <laughs> sit and eat and look at the animals. <laughs> and it's like the best thing, right? So now I we go for the snacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's not surprising. <laughs> So now we call it the Grand Canyon Cafe because I was on the phone with that kid for more than two hours. Aww. I like missed my lunch. That's sweet. <laughs> but I mean, and it was I, it was fun, but it was also like everyone kept looking over because they knew my lunch was supposed to be next. Right. Like, what are you? I'm like, I'm still on the I know. phone. Yeah. So, but yeah, so Aww. now when our family goes. And we go on the train. We save our snacks. We do <laughs> for the Grand Canyon, so we can eat in the Grand Canyon. No, no, no! Cafe. You didn't say it right. So we so can, can sit, sit and eat and look, look at the animals. animals. That's adorable. <laughs> I like it so much. That's probably one of my favorite memories. One of my favorite things about Michelle is that when she moved here to Lodi, because they were living um, in Southern California mm-hmm. until what a year ago? Year and a half. Okay. Um, You've been here for a year and a half. She applied for a receptionist position at a mortuary. <laughs> and she told us this, and we laughed. So <laughs> I've never heard a less qualified for mortuary work <laughs> voice than Michelle's, because she's so perky. And so we said, Michelle, that might not be. They didn't maybe. even call me for an interview, so it wasn't meant to be. Is it because you were so perky on the phone? They're like, yeah, this is not going to work. <laughs> she's like a golden retriever personified in a good way. I love that. I like golden retrievers. It's <laughs> just so nice and sweet, but I thought, oh, someone's going to be calling grieving, and Michelle's going to be like, I can help you. It's going to be great. <laughs> what yeah. color do you want that in? <laughs> we have sparkles. <laughs> Might not have been the best job. So now she it. works at a preschool here in town, which is perfect because she gets to be 
perky with yeah. all the parents who are right. dragging their kids to yeah. school, <laughs> drinking their coffee on the way out. You know, you're the perky one that they see first. And their leggings, because this is Lodi, and then Lodi, we don't wear sweats. We right. wear leggings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots so of a, leggings. It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I always call it, like, a weird Stepford community. Not in a bad way, but it's just, like, all these women in athletic gear that don't do athletic things. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they just live in them. Yeah, like, you've heard that term, like, my yoga pants have never been to yoga. That's exactly what Lodi's like. Have you heard that term? I have not heard that term. That is a real but thing. But I guess it works. My yoga pants have never been to yoga, but they have been to the gym. Yeah, well, you do, like, real gym stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing yoga. Was it Saturday morning? Oh, that every happened again. Season, I always leave my notifications episode. on because I'm listening for a sound check. Um... Saturday, I was doing some yoga, and I was listening to 90s R&B, and Matt was like, are you actually listening to 90s R&B and doing yoga? And I was like, you do not make the rules here. You don't. <laughs> and the song No Diggity was on, which is like, what am I talking Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I love 90s music. I remember when that song was in Pitch Perfect. Yeah. And that was oh, one of the... Oh, so good. And I was living in Mexico at the time. Okay, so this is... A few years ago, and that song came on. It was one of the few songs on there that I knew all the words to. <laughs> and people around me, as I was watching this, were like, "Why do you know the words to that song?" I was like, "It's the best song." Rock. I said, "Get down, <laughs> good lord." My bad, no diggity song is that I forgot to sign out of the church Spotify, oh, and no. I was listening to '90s R&B on the church Spotify on accident. And I walk into a Wednesday night thing after like leaving to get dinner, and we play music in the lobby. And it was all, no diggity, you got to bag it, bag it up. And I was like, nope, 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 we got to it. turn it off, turn it off, change it off. The nice thing is, I feel like there's only a certain generation that would know that song or even really listen to it. But they were probably like, this is not Toby Mac. Like, this is not <laughs> yeah. Michael Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, speaking yeah. of 90s music. I know. Oh my gosh. At lunch today. We had a little throwback sesh. Throwback sesh, yeah. It was great. Well, it started last night. We went to a, a thing at Michelle's church. Yes. And they were playing instrumental 90s music as, yeah. as people were like walking like in. Like 90s yeah. religious you music. You came from heaven Yeah, Lord, yeah. what's your name on high? Whoa. Um, I, I was doing the hand motions. Forever. Oh, like yeah. all these things. And it was just giving us all the feels of these so, were songs of my childhood. Yeah. Right. And there's some nostalgia. Oh, yeah. That goes with that for it's like, sure. I'm 13 again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kidding. I'm the oldest at this table, clearly. Um, <laughs> Because then at lunch today, we, we brought it up and we started yeah. recalling all of these like 90s. We talked about the W's. Mm-hmm. You are the devil. And the devil is bad. Hey, and the devil is bad. Hey. Um, oh, that's the ska one. Yeah. Do you remember ska? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Do you remember um, Scalaluya? No. They did all of the like worship songs in ska. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I was a huge fan. <laughs> I loved all of it. I was a big, this is probably before your time, I was a big Cadman's Call fan. I know Cadman's yeah, Call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cadman's Call is cool. I'm just really bad with remembering names of groups. Well, today, Liz and I were singing in the car. We were singing Last Flight Out. Last Flight And Rebecca St. James, Go and Sin No More, which is incidentally my husband's favorite. I only remember like, like one James song. section of that song. But I can, but as soon as it started, I was like, oh my gosh, I do know this song. Yeah. <laughs> There's like some weird. Yeah. But, so we were in here listening I to. I think the reason why we don't remember a lot of the 90s Christian artist names is because it felt like so many bands came out 
all at once. Yeah. And I, and I could not keep them all straight, and a lot of their music sounded the exact same. Well, yeah. and that's just it. So, like, 90s Christian music was, or Christian music was still its own genre. Right. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until, you know, you had, like, Petra, you know, like, yeah. all of these other bands that sort of got big, that it became, like, oh, Christian rock and Christian rap and Christian swing. And so Christian, it was all just grouped into one. Right. Like, and so worship music, and then there was Christian songs. Like, and that, yeah. that um, distinction wasn't made. The, at that time. Well, really. when I started going to church, we didn't even sing, like, worship songs. We sang choruses. Yeah. So, like, crown him with many crowns. Like, that's yeah, a yeah, yeah. hymn. Huh? That's a hymn. Oh, no. Sorry. I'm thinking, what's the what's the one we were just listening to? Is it Be Exalted a Oh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be Exalted a God. Mm. Um, yeah, and so it's just funny. I didn't grow up religious either, and so a lot of these songs, it, it really started because you guys were singing a song, a preschool song. At lunch. What was it? David. Oh, oh only a boy, boy named, named David. David. Yeah, I have no reference. <laughs> I only knew that song because also when we were in college, our our last year we got kicked out of the school um like dorm situation housing, housing yeah. because we were getting we were kinda of too old and they had too many people. Oh, so sure. they accepted too many incoming freshmen is the problem. And so oh, then myself and one of our other roommates, we were both turning 21. Uh, we were both 21 already. We were oh, turning 22. Yeah. And so, they, and we were graduating They're a like, semester off early. Campus. Well, yeah, yeah, we were graduating a semester early, so yeah. they're not going to give us housing. So we ended up stay, living at our pastor's house with um, he and his wife and his son and his wife lived there. And then they put three girls in there too. Um, and so she taught Sunday school. Roxy taught Sunday school. And she knew all of these. Shout out to Roxy. Oh yeah, she should be on this podcast. Oh my goodness, that would be the best podcast. We should do it. I don't know Roxy, but I've heard stories. She's Um, fantastic. She's great. But yeah, she Um, had all of these songs. All these songs from Sunday school. And so she would walk around the house singing them. And so we all just kind of picked them up. That's so funny. And well, I helped in um, the Sunday school class with her Mm -hmm. for like a good year at least too. So she would bring up the songs, and I would have to learn them so we could teach the kids together. So. That's cute. The first little kid Christian song I learned was when I was in junior high. No, maybe even high school at Hume Lake, and it was um, the Arky Arky song. Yeah. And they sing it for mm. us. It was like, the Lord told Noah to yeah. come in and Arky Arky, and they, like, sped it up. Yeah. But that one's hard for me to mm-hmm. keep up with. Like, it's too fast. It's too fast. And, like, fast. I get tongue tongue twisted. And... Yeah. The other place I learned, this is weird, um... Christian kids songs was in Mexico, but I only learned them in Spanish. So like, um, I may never march. Our oh game yeah, march. is that how you say it? Yeah, 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 or yeah, something like that. I don't speak Spanish. I'm the Lord's <laughs> Army. Yeah, I am Lord's Army. Yes, sir. But someone had to teach me the English version. I only ever knew. <laughs> there's some. Yeah. There's even some like modern songs from when I lived down there that I only like knew in Spanish until I moved back here. Like what's a song that maybe Some of the Hillsong ones, um Inside Out was one of them. Oh. I only knew that one in Spanish and so when I moved back up here and my church was singing it, I was like so <laughs> confused cuz the timing's different. I mean the the song is the same but the words have a different cadence almost yeah, to it. Yeah. And, anyway, yeah. Last night at the dessert, I was a little embarrassed. Because we were supposed to bring our own mug. Like, bring your <laughs> oh. favorite mug. Well, my favorite mug says, somewhere between Proverbs 31 and Tupac, there's me. I didn't realize I was going to have 80-year-olds sitting next to me, Michelle. We didn't know until the last minute, <laughs> I promise you. So we had to go around the table and explain our mug, and I was just kind of like, uh, 
gangsta. Yes, like, Tupac. Tupac was. Who's Tupac? <laughs> yeah, which was adorable. They are the sweetest they people. They are really though. nice. They're so, so sweet. nice. But I was just like, oh, yeah. This isn't just one of she those turned, situations. After you finished, she turned around and went, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I get that a lot. <laughs> and she had the cutest little ladybug mug. I know. And always had one with, like, Nessie's. with Nessie all over Nessie's it. Stink eye face. And yeah. had, what was yours? A Disneyland, Disneyland. And then mug. what was David's? David had a, um... Oh, a dinosaur one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Disney World, I think. Oh, have you been to Disney World? I have not, but I want to We've so to bad. World. I've never been. They, You guys went when you were kids? When we were in high school. <laughs> that was nice. That was I just cool. spilled an entire cup of coffee down the front. It's or tea. tea. I'm sorry. Down the front of my shirt. Everything's good. Okay. It's good. My <laughs> sweater's a napkin. It's fine. It's, it's fine, a, guys. It's a dark color. No one might even notice. Oh. But there is something on your sweatshirt. There is. It's um, a, it's Sarah went to the bathroom in my apartment, so she got a Peppa um, Pig. In the toilet. That just sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> in the toilet. And so she got a Peppa Pig sticker. Yeah. And Peppa is holding a stick of marshmallows. Oh, I can't see it. It's Roasting marshmallows. So. Oh, there she is. Peppa Pig. Peppa's proud of you. In case you don't know the backstory, I have trouble with public restrooms. Um, your bathroom's fine. Good. That's yeah. good. I'm I don't get it too gets anxious. clean at least once a week, if not more than that. <laughs> yeah, it, I it was a fine. Person. You don't have a towel, you have paper towels too, instead yeah. of a hand towel, which makes me so happy. Yeah. Well, uh, I have wasteful. people. Yeah, it is. But I, I don't have, have little to... kids that come in here and stuff when we do, we watch a movie or something, and I just don't want to deal with their hand towels. Yeah. Just throw them away. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to use the towel that someone else has used. Yeah. So I actually, like, even in our bathroom... I have my own hand towel that's only mine. And it's still hard because I can't guarantee that no one else has used it. And yeah. so I, like, make sure it's not damp and all the things. But I really appreciate the um, requirements. Actually, Michelle got me a really nice gift. Um, when we went to see Hamilton, yeah. Michelle came. She made a whole potty chart for me. Just as and I was so proud of you. You did great. Incredibly <laughs> thoughtful. I did not go to the bathroom in the BART station where you wanted me to go. That's Definitely okay, smelled like there are drugs in there, though. So that was fine that you didn't well, use one it. One smelled like drugs, and one smelled like someone had died or something in there. It was oh. bad. Somebody may have actually died. In I like, there. held my breath the whole time. Ugh, no. I can hold it all day. But eventually, you did use a bathroom. I did. I used the one um, at Hamilton. Yeah. So, Orpheum? I felt fine. Yes. And I used the one at the restaurant. So I got two stickers on my chart, and Michelle graciously got me a gift. <laughs> I got a mug. But she also got me the best gift I've ever received this week. <laughs> Michelle? This week? No, I mean like this week. Sorry. This week you got me the best <laughs> gift that I've ever received. I can talk. Oh. <laughs> Michelle got me dog socks with my dog's faces on them. I have some too. She got with my dog. You on. have no idea. So <laughs> I am not a gift person, Michelle. Like I am not like a, uh, I like to give gifts. But I do not like getting gifts because I always feel like I'm not going to seem appreciative enough. Like, oh. someone's going to give me something, and I'm not going to be excited, and I'm not going to be able to manufacture the excitement. Oh. So I get nervous, especially, like, it's one thing if Matt gets me something for Christmas, and I know sort of what I'm getting, and I'm actually excited about it. Uh-huh. But if it's like, hey, so, like, my bridal shower, you have to get excited about, like, Tupperware. Now, I'm thankful and gracious. Like, right. I, I actually registered for this stuff, but, like, Six people got me Tupperware. Like, thank you so much. And so I just always feel a little fake. But right. I opened this gift, and I was so excited that I could have cried. Literally the best <laughs> gift I've ever received. Good job, Michelle. Did you tell Matt? He got a pair, too. Yeah, so I told Matt that you oh, got okay. me a pair. And he goes, oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I had someone. I said, you do have 
<laughs> That's the best and way to do it. I so love that. happy. So Aww. Michelle got um, my dad and I socks with my dogs on them. And my mom was so jealous. She was. So I got oh. her a pair. So you had to yeah. get her a pair. Yeah. Oh. So everybody everyone. deserves dogs. But socks you don't with have a dog. One of these days, we oh are getting goodness. a dog. You cannot get a cat. I don't want a cat. I'm okay without a cat. Yeah. I am very allergic to cats. Yeah. We talked about this last episode, yeah. but it is just confirmed this week. Yeah, but you <laughs> thought that you were, or you thought that your sickness was just cat allergy last week, but yeah, it's pretty it much was, confirmed. It was not. It's a cold or yeah. something. And then she gave it to me. I woke I up with a sore throat, stuffy mm-hmm. nose. My throat has never been sore this whole time. Okay, I don't care. I coughed at lunch. You were like, that's the exact same cough I have. <laughs> so... Yeah. Today at church, people were like, don't breathe on me. Welcome, (laughs) Michelle. I know. It's only a matter of time. (laughs) Oh, man. So today, Mm -hmm. Michelle. Yes. We're going to talk to you about something specific. And you know this. Your your Um, notes now. Thank you. One thing that Michelle and I and Liz talk about um, fairly often is the topic of mental health. Um, We talk about this because we've both sort of had our struggles um, with things like anxiety and depression, um, and other things, and Liz, um, maybe not as much? Um, not that you not don't as, have it, but... Not, not as much. I feel like it comes more in, in waves for me, in, in shorter spurts, mm-hmm. um, where situational things can definitely put me into a depression or yeah. into an, an anxious mode. Um, also, you know, going, if we're going to go back to, like, Enneagram, I'm a six, so anxiety is just something that I yeah. carry with me, um... And I'm not one to share that a lot with people because I don't, you know, it's something that, you know, I, I find outlets for. Um, right. But when people do find these things out, they say things or they do things. And we're just going to talk about that a little bit today. Yeah. Yeah. So, Michelle, do you want to tell us a little bit about, like, your background? And Sure. Um, I think for me... I probably had a little bit of anxiety before um, getting pregnant and having Nessie. But um, when I became pregnant and had Nessie, after she was born, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and anxiety. And it really kind of kicked into high gear after that. So um, that's when I started. At first, I don't think that I really understood how much was going on and it was kind of you know everything's new as a parent when it's your first kid and and there's hormones and and, yeah and then everyone's always like wait six weeks and then like you know your body starts to adjust and get back to normal in a way and um there were even people like trying to reassure me that I didn't have anxiety or depression Hmm. which I feel like looking back was like why would you say that yeah but it was almost like they were trying to like like, reassure you? Yeah. Like, oh, it's probably not that. Like, right. Like, sort of like the just relax. Yeah, and then, like, a couple people would say, too, like, oh, well, I had postpartum depression. You don't have postpartum depression. Because when I w- had it, it was right. like oh, this, and yours yeah. is different. Yeah. So that can't be it. You yeah, know? We talk about that a little bit, how people um, will put their own experiences, saying, well, this is how it looks. And yeah. if it doesn't look like this, then you don't have that. Right. Where the reality is... Postpartum depression can look different in every single person. Well, and depression yeah. in general, and right. anxiety in general. Like, yeah. I was just reading, um, you know, it was just like a little meme that somebody made, but it was talking about high-functioning anxiety oh, yeah. um, and depression. And that's one thing, like, people associate things like depression and anxiety with people, like, staying in bed all day right. and not being able to. Now, for some people, 
that's absolutely accurate. Getting out of bed is a is a thing. Like for me, when I am my most anxious or my most depressed, I can't sleep. I don't want to be in bed because my brain is going, going. And yeah. so for me, it's overworking, overcommitting, people pleasing. Um, yeah. It's a different thing. And so you can look normal from right. the outside, right. you know, like you were taking care of your baby. There yeah. wasn't that, um, that whole, I mean, and again, not that, not that there weren't internal thoughts and I don't want to put words into your head about like um, how good you were as a mother or, or you know, yeah. whatever. But from the outside, you looked like you had it together. So it was hard for people to understand what you were feeling internally. Is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even before all this, I was definitely a person that would hide a lot of my emotions or sure. um, like worries and stresses. So yeah, I definitely think that people would look at me and be like, well, she seems, she seems normal. And just like anyone else adjusting to motherhood. Right. But you know, they didn't know, they didn't know what was going on in my head, you know? Yeah. And uh, it was like, um, my best friend, we've been friends since the fourth grade. Hi, Alyssa, because I know she's listening. She's listening. <laughs> Alyssa. Um, uh, she actually helped babysit one day a week when I went back to work after maternity leave, uh-huh. um, which was amazing. But um, we would see each other weekly now, and it was great. It was so exciting. Yeah. And um, when I finally realized that something was not right, and this is not how every new mom feels. Yeah, it wasn't just baby blues. It wasn't just yeah. the hormones. It wasn't just the, yeah. the, the, yeah. having a new baby. It and was- I, I um, actually sat down with another mom who had a little boy that was just a few months um, older than my daughter, and she was like, I'm pretty sure I have postpartum depression and anxiety, and this huh. is how I'm feeling, and this is what I'm thinking. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think I do too now. And so we kind of took our time separately to analyze, like, what's going on in my head, and, you know, and then we became just, like, this great support system for yeah. each other, and I started seeking more help. But it was, like, things like that where when she pointed things out, and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I get obsessive about the the way the cups are stacked in the in the um, uh, yeah. pantry, you know, like because it, it, these OCD things are starting to come out. Yeah, and, like yeah. this is what I can control. Yeah, yeah. And I would get so worked up about those little things. I'm like, okay, yeah. So someone else is saying that this isn't like every mom goes through this. Yeah. So something must be up. And, and someone um, was finally validating. Yeah, your yeah. feelings. Yeah. And actually, well, that was Sentley. Hi, Sentley. Um, and. <laughs> Uh, my friend Alyssa, it was like finally when I was figuring it out and I started getting on medication, which I could tell the difference. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It helped so much. And she was like, how come you didn't tell me? I said, honestly, Alyssa, like I didn't know yeah. I had this diagnosis until like this last week when I went to my doctor, you right. know? Yeah. And she was like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like, cause uh, a lot of other people have had similar things where you don't even realize it well, you don't really know what normal after a baby is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's so many things going on that it was just like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. So. Do you think, so, you know, we've talked about before how there's a stigma about things like depression and anxiety and mental health things. Just mm-hmm. in general, um, I found that more so in the church because people sort of have this idea that, you know, God can heal you from things. And, and, and I, he absolutely he can. can. Yeah, that's not a, a consideration. Right, right, right. But would you, because I would think that the stigma around, like, postpartum depression would be even more so because you have this new baby. Um, there's this bit of, of course you love your baby. Of course you. So the of course, idea. Of course you're happy. Right. right. You know. So this idea of being happy to be away working for a day. Right. Or, you know, how do you deal with it? Because that's a, that's a real thing that has nothing to do with 
how much you love your child or care about your child, but but your own way of sort of getting out and feeling like a human. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Again, and not just a someone who's caring for their baby all day and kind of this routine. This, 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 this. Yeah. Um. I read this article recently, actually, from, it's called the Blue Dot Project, and they focus on postpartum um, mental health issues in general, like all kinds of different things. Sure. And um, and it was a drawing someone had done that said, in quotations, enjoy every moment. And I, like, this happens so often just with me alone, and I've heard stories of others where a mom or, like, you know, someone who isn't really a mom of a kid anymore. Yeah. Like, their kids are all grown, or they have grandkids, or, you know, and they're, they're being, um, what's the word? Like, they're, the nostalgia of being yeah, 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 a of mom. Course. Like, you're like, they remember it, and they remember all the joyful parts, and the yeah. fun parts, and the, yeah. you know, and sometimes looking back on growing pains, you can kind of laugh about it. Sure. But when you're in that moment, Absolutely. it is not the same. Right. <laughs> it's a little different, but um, C.S. Lewis wrote the book, A Grief Observed, which is one mm-hmm. of my favorite books about grief, but he talks often about how... Um, we have a faulty memory. When people pass, we tend to only remember the good things and we forget the things that were frustrating and hard. And we forget um, partly because we just forget and we want to focus on those, um, but partly because that's what sticks in your mind. You know, once somebody's gone or once this phase, in your case, is over, there is that bit of like nostalgic feeling. And so it just reminded me of that. Like, oh, in your mind... When you look back, it's like, oh, Christmas for my kids and sports. Like, you don't remember how stressful it was to do Christmas morning or how stressful it was to shop or how, you know, and that's great in hindsight. Right. But for someone who's currently, you know, dealing with the realities of motherhood or life or whatever, that would be. Yeah. And then the hard thing is once or twice I've gotten to that point of like someone says that to me. And I kind of do an eye roll sort of like, oh, I've heard this a million times. And And then I feel like. The judgment comes sure. because I can love my daughter wholeheartedly, and you do, and Michelle, still you're a great mom. struggle yeah. Yeah. and not enjoy every moment. Right. You know, right? So there's just like some things like that. I think are challenging for yeah. Maybe it's just our generation right now, but I feel like it comes well, around just, a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of that sort of thing. Like even for me, um, people post things like. Um, I make humans. What's your superpower? Whew. Yeah. Yeah. And when you, like like me, have struggled with fertility issues, it's like, oh. You know, it, it, it doesn't, it always just feels, and, and I, there's nothing, we say this all the time, there's nothing sinister about people doing that. It's not no. any sort of whatever. But the way that gets consumed by people who cannot attain that thing yeah. is like, oh, I'm inferior again. I'm inferior again. There's another reminder that I'm not good enough. And so I think sometimes we forget that there are actual people, yeah, you know, reading these things mm-hmm. and, and processing it in their own context. Right. And so in that mom's context, it wasn't meant to be yeah. a thing. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, how do we then make sure that when we post things, we're not accidentally making other people feel? Right. Not that I think you have to walk on eggshells to do that but it's so funny having my experience like going back and looking I'm so much more aware of how other people are going to take things I'm like oh I gotta be careful because you don't know what state someone's gonna be in when they read right and they're meant to be fun and they're meant to be positive but sometimes that can make you just feel really invalidated yeah Yeah. I like for me you know um even at church the last few weeks people have 
people have said stuff to me about, um, you know, enjoy this time before you get married. Mm. Oh, yeah. And it's like, okay, but then in the next breath, you'll say, when are you getting married? Yeah. It's like, I'm so, like, I'm, and I know that you don't mean anything by this. I know that there's no sinister behind it, but you have to think about how this sounds to me as someone First of all, you're a stranger at church. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, I do go to this church and whatever, but there's... But we all have circles. Like, and you, so you and you're just her. not in that circle, and that's... Yeah. And it's not like a you can never come in, but yeah. I don't know you. Like, yeah. I know people in my circle. Um, and it's the same thing. Like, how is someone going to perceive me saying this? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, okay. Like, yeah. th- thank you? Like, what the, <laughs> how do I... How do I respond to that? I mean, I'm fully aware that if I were married and had kids, my life and my job would have to look really different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I do enjoy this time because at a drop of a hat, I can go and do right. different things. Um, but at the same time, I, I told this to a friend of mine at church today, like, I hope that people in our church will be okay if one day I don't get married. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hope they can cope with it. If you don't fit into this, like, specific box of... Yeah, something, right. and it's it's so funny because I feel like other people, even even with uh, motherhood and um, you know enjoy every minute. Like you're trying to push this into something that for me it's just not that right, right, right. and and I'm just not gonna fit into that box. Yeah, and I think too that it's it's really interesting that some people yeah like don't think about the the actual words they're saying and what that's going to come off as to someone else or if right. it's even appropriate to say, yeah. you know, yeah. but it is, I think too, part of it's kind of just our human nature wanting right. to, you know, fit everything in a box. Yeah. And so, yeah. So it's like, if you're not married, well, when are you going to get married? And if you have one kid, it's like, oh, so you're expecting another one, which you should right. never ask anyone yeah. ever, Don't ever, do that. Don't ever. Do that. Anyways. And so then, yeah. And so then it's like, okay, you've had one. Now you're going to have more, right? Cause that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Right. Everybody has and, their own life. And why life. wouldn't you have another one when you have right. a kid as great as Nessie? Right. <laughs> you know, right. But that's what people ask you. Yeah. About. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Know. They're like, well, aren't you going to try for a boy? Oh, I hate that one. Oh. I hate that one. <laughs> is that the thing we care about is making sure, like... <laughs> well, yeah, because, like, that's what people say. And, and well, I have... the oh. Stevan name oh, is right. up to them. Oh, well. Yep. Not the Stevan name. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The family name is at stake, and it's all up to me. <laughs> yeah. And then that brings up, like, what if... What if emotionally, um, that's not something that works for you? What if you've mm-hmm. gone through this postpartum depression and you're like, I don't want to go through that again? Yeah, that's, that's not a selfish thing. That's a I'm going to take care of my own mental health. Yeah, yeah. And you don't get to dictate. Mm-hmm. Right. That's actually something that my husband and I have been talking about lately. Is because he really wants to have more kids, and that was the original plan. I want to have more kids too. Sure. But you're right, like, dealing with all this after stuff, like the postpartum everything. Right. It's hard, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's hard for me to think about going through it again. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that just increases the anxiety tenfold. Yeah, sure. You know? So there's this, like, again, like, it's a little PTSD. Like, this, yeah. oh, I've done this, and I know how difficult it is now. So it's hard for me to get excited about yeah, something yeah. else. So this week on Twitter, um, somebody posted, I talk about Twitter a lot here, they posted that therapy is for people who don't have good friends, so they have to have a therapist. Oh, my. Yeah. And I read it. Now, the person who retweeted it was like, what in the world? This is crazy. And so it's not like there were a ton of people supporting um, his hypothesis about why people need therapy, but 
um, from my own point of view, I one love therapy. Yeah. (laughs) It's so nice. But, you know, I have dealt with some pretty, like, severe, you know, I have emotional trauma from childhood that I've had to process. Um, I have OCD and generalized anxiety disorder, which manifests when... um, when I'm in situations I can't control. And so there's a lot of that sort of stuff. And I just go, gosh, like, one, you guys aren't professionals. Right. You know, and I don't expect you to be professionals. Yeah. Um, I do want my therapist to like me, so that's sort of a problem because I like to be liked. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. I'm like, I just want to be interesting. But you like your therapist. Yeah, well, I said something to my therapist about it. I said, is it weird? Like, do you have people that tell you, like, I just want you to, like, like me and not think I'm crazy? And he said oh, well, part of the reason I got into this job is because, you know, I'm so interested in the lives of other people. So many people are interesting. But I walked away thinking, but I still want to be the most interesting, but not, but the least crazy. And so there are for sure yeah. issues. I also don't get to like eat tacos and drink Starbucks with my therapist. Yeah, that's you true. You know, it's funny though. So, so then it makes me wonder what kind of ideas people have about therapy who have maybe never been really? to therapy. Like, do you think that... This is really because my friends aren't capable enough to walk me through things because you guys are plenty capable. And I have lots of people in my life who are great, but mm-hmm. there are certain things that I would not want to put the burden on you to feel like you have to Yeah, that's asking fix. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and I see a therapist right now as well. And I really, I think it's been challenging for me because sure. I... I hate talking about my feelings. Yeah. In, period. You're an Enneagram Nine Wing One. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just bottle it up is usually my motto. Well, so if you yep. don't know anything about Enneagram Nines, it's the peacekeeper or the peacemaker. Yeah. And so even internal feelings of conflict you don't want to <laughs> deal with because you want to feel inner peace. Right. So when there is, you know, isu- when there are issues like. Yeah. And postpartum. so, well, I started going to see a therapist. When we were living with my in-laws because we had just moved from Southern California. Yeah. And we were trying to just save a little more for a down payment on a home. Um, And then when we decided we wanted a brand new home, it wasn't built yet. So we had to wait for it to be built. Yeah. And there was just the stress of, I didn't want to get in anyone's way. Yeah. Which is hard to do when you're sharing a house with other people in general. Yeah. And so um, I had these moments of like, just completely being overwhelmed. I couldn't contain my feelings anymore. And yeah. I would just tell my husband, like, I, I'm freaking out. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. I'm freaking out. Yeah. And so then I started going to therapy and it's like hard at first, but I really am getting a lot out of it. And I think yeah. that there has been this sort of stigma about seeing therapists in the past, but I really feel like there is a shift kind of coming about yeah. It is, it doesn't mean I'm psycho, you know, it doesn't right. mean that my, you know, my other surrounding people can't fix me, right. you know? Well, here, and they can't. Right, right. It, it means that it's not their job to. Right, exactly. And so. And can I tell you, it's so nice that I just like walk into Kaiser and hand them my card and I pay them my copay. I'm like, this person has to hang out with me for an hour and I don't <laughs> feel like a burden to them. Right. Like I can yeah. talk about my issues. I can talk about this stuff and I walk away not feeling as if. I just dumped all over one of my friends. Mm. I dumped all over somebody who is a professional, yeah. who gets paid well to do his job, um, but also who can give me a perspective that my friends can't give me. Because as yeah. much as I would love to say, I'm always honest with Liz. I'm always honest with Michelle. I'm always honest with my husband. There are things that I wouldn't feel comfortable saying. Yeah. Um, because not that they wouldn't be true, and, and for the most part, 
like, I don't lie. I mean, I don't lie about things, but that might not be right coming from me. Mm. Like, that might not be something that I, like, that's not my job to, um, to notice that. And so there's also a bit of, like, I'm not offended by my therapist when they tell me hard things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, therapists are removed enough from a situation where a lot of things that you're going through, because I know the people involved or whatever, I'm not removed enough right. to give you a really exactly. like, yeah. clear, like, well, you know, this is what you should do. Because right. I know the emotions of people. Same with you, Michelle. I mean, mm-hmm. when it was with my, my parents, I was like, I know. well, I know yeah. a lot. Poor Liz. Like, <laughs> I know. You know, and it's, and you weren't going because you necessarily had issues with my parents, but it was because you just needed an outlet that was yeah. outside of the four walls of that house mm-hmm. and someone right. else who was yeah. listening to you and giving you counsel and saying, you're not crazy. <laughs> you <know>? Yes. <laughs> they, they are the crazy ones. And we know this about ourselves. So. Well, one other thing, even for me, is when you have a therapist and you tell them something that's difficult, there's not panic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so even the last few weeks I've been dealing with some like emotional stuff. And um, yeah, I like <laughs> texted Liz and I was like, don't, and Liz did not panic. She was great. But I was just like, hey, I'm like really struggling with feeling like like low self-worth and just I can't. I've been physically sick um, a lot. Again, I'm sick. So it, it's really taking a toll on me emotionally. Um, there have just been some other tensions, trying to buy a house, like all the things. And so um, like I was feeling really, really down. And I like confessed to a couple of friends who I knew wouldn't panic. Um but you don't always have that. And so you don't want to say, like, hey, I'm struggling with, like, super low self-worth and, like, I sort of hate myself right now. Because it sounds a little suicidal. I was not suicidal. I was yeah. just feeling really yeah. heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I walk into my therapist's office, which I actually emailed him, when I, I was like, just, you know, this is what. And he was able to sort of say, hey, these things sound situational. Um, so you can know that this is going to pass. You know, it was just mm. this, this, not this oh my goodness, are you okay? Do you need to, you know, it was, because then that, that activates my anxiety. And then I feel like, oh no, people are worrying about me mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't want people to worry about me because then I feel like a burden. And so it's just this, this thing where I get to go and it's fine. Like I can say the things, there's not going to be a giant freak out. I'm not going to feel like, um, like they feel like they have to do something. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Michelle, what would you say is... Oh, I just kicked the table. Sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, kick the table. I know. Well, you were kicking the table earlier, so chill. Okay, I also have foot ramp over here. <laughs> what would you say is a way to be a good friend to somebody who is dealing with um, not just postpartum depression, but any sort of like mental health, depression, anxiety, OCD, whatever? Um, like, what's a good way to be a good, helpful friend and not accidentally invalidate right. someone? Um. I think the biggest thing is because it can come in so many different ways for different people that have mm-hmm. anxiety and depression. The best thing to do is just be like, I see you. I'm here for you. Yeah. Like, what is what do you need from me? Or yeah. what do you want from me? Or what can I do? What is a way that you would say that you could encourage somebody to seek help if they're dealing with something? So that's something that's really difficult if you see somebody going through something hard you don't want them, especially if they have no background with anxiety or no background with therapy. Like, is there a gentle way that you can say, hey, have you ever thought about like talking to someone? Like, like, what do you think? Because if somebody had said that to you, um, how would you, would you have taken that well? Or would you have taken that as, oh no, they see from the outside that I'm not doing a good job or I'm not handling this um, well? 
I don't know that I would I would bring it up myself. Like if someone yeah. were to be like You've had a baby, Michelle. I have this six-week-old. Or I've been feeling this way, you know, in general. Like, if they came to me telling me how they're feeling or if I witnessed some sort of anxiety, breakdown, meltdown, whatever, then it would just be like, well, actually, someone did say this to me a little later on after I had Nessie and was really starting to come and realize that you know your mind better than anyone else here on Earth. Yeah, yeah. Think about what's going on in your head, your feelings, your emotions, your ongoing thoughts, and talk to someone about it. Yeah. Preferably a professional because yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's, that's what they're paid to do. <laughs> right. Um, and they actually have the expertise and can prescribe you medication, yeah. which I know is, is a big, you know, some people are like anti-meds. I'm like, take the yeah. meds if you need them to survive. Yeah. And, and that's sometimes a stigma that's still in the local church of, mm-hmm. you know, you should be able to pray this away, or if, yeah. if you had enough faith, then you wouldn't have to take these things. Right. No, but some people really do need to take these things to, sur- to survive, and like, it's, to it's be alive. And it's not just a, it's not a spiritual thing in that sense, it's right. a chemical thing. Right. right. Or just, hormonal, you know? So. Somebody said once to me that, they're like, of course you would take meds if you had a problem with your brain. Your brain is a part of your body. So if right. you have the flu, you take meds. If you have cancer, you do chemo. Like, why would your brain not fall under things to do to help yourself? And exactly. that was a light bulb for yeah. me. I don't know why, but yeah, when you've heard these, like, things from the outside going, well, I don't know, you should just trust the Lord. Like, And I do I trust mean, the Lord. I do trust the Lord. Right. <laughs> I have never prayed and been in the word as much as I did when I, I had the season of about a year where every single day I had panic attacks. Like mm-hmm. I would wake up in the morning. I would wake up sometimes in the middle of the night. And the only time that I felt any sort of relief is going outside and sitting in the backyard. I felt like I couldn't breathe. There was just this like overwhelming. Yeah. It wasn't me thinking about stuff. I was asleep. Like it wasn't ruminating on thoughts, which I can do. Um, that makes me anxious. It was literally like this thing that I could not, um, do anything about and I did not want to take medication I did not want to go to therapy because I was just afraid of them telling me I was crazy um, yeah. I have a mom who has some mental health issues um, but she also is just not always a great person yeah. um, besides that and mm-hmm. so I have always sort of had this fear that I will be like that and so I didn't want somebody to tell me oh well you have this thing that you like can't control and you're gonna alienate everyone you know in your right. life like I just didn't really know what to expect yeah. and finally one day I was like um, I told Matt, I said, if I'm going to feel like this, then I don't even want to live anymore. And that was sort of his, like, like I've let you not deal with this for a long time, but now that's one of those things that we yeah. say. Now it's time. And he, like, drugged me to the doctor. He's like, I don't care. Like, we're doing this. And it was the best thing that anyone's mm-hmm. ever done for yeah. me. But we had a relationship that yeah. allowed him to do that more. You know, whereas it's harder when it's a friend because you don't want them to think that you think badly of them, right. but you want them to get the help that they um, that they really need. Yeah. And so I always try to figure out sort of how to approach those conversations about mental health in a way that um, is prudent and doesn't make somebody feel like I see them as broken because yeah. I don't believe that they are. I mean, I believe we all are. Yeah, you know, and like, well, yeah. That's, that's an interesting point too because when when I started taking medication – it almost felt like I was a failure, where it was like, yeah, great, I'm not a good mother, and my brain or something is broken, and I'm less than, and yeah. I have to take this in order to make myself somewhat on par with the rest of yeah, the world. Yeah, why can't I just feel joy? Right, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. 
And and that's not really the that's not the way we should be thinking about it, you know? Right. And yeah. so it's really something that I think in some ways is really changing. I try to do the last couple of years I've done this um, maternal mental health awareness week in May yeah. mm-hmm. where I post on social media a lot. And it really is just kind of like there's people out there that are going through the same thing that yeah. you are. And I want to be a person that's open for other people with depression and anxiety that yeah. just need someone to talk to or help figure it, figure it all out, you know? Yeah. Like if someone can't open the door for themselves, prop it open and help them get yeah. through it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember I had a, a friend a couple years ago who... Um, she has, uh, she was uh, suffering from depression. Her depression was kind of on high alert and anxiety. And she came up to me one day and she was like, I just have to tell you that I'm taking, I'm taking meds for this stuff. And I went, okay. Yeah. And she just said, well, how do you feel about that? And I said, well, how do you feel (laughs) when you're taking these things? And she goes, oh my gosh, I feel like I can survive my day. And uh, (laughs) I went through this whole list of things. And I went, then it sounds like you need to be taking these things. Like, (laughs) Like you do you, not everyone needs that. Right. But you, you do. And right. that's, and guess what? I will never know that you're taking these things unless right. you tell me. Like, right. like I, it's not for me to judge. Like, right. I don't care. You need to do it. Like you said, you take meds for all these other things. Why wouldn't you do it for your, your brain? Well, Liz takes drugs for everything. Okay. She has, like, <laughs> how many drugs are you on right now? Um, I'm taking a steroid <laughs> inhaler, emergency inhaler, and prednisone currently. And oh. Tylenol PM every night. Right now, I am. Before she goes to bed. Yeah. Michelle was a good friend to me. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I, we talked about it on the podcast. I had a panic attack driving to Hamilton. Like, driving oh, yeah. to work. Oh, yeah. And Michelle, like, right away is texting me from the other car, like, what do you need? <laughs> as far as, and I do of, take, like, a short-acting, um, like, anti-anxiety medication when I have panic. We have, but I didn't we have, have it with moms me. with us. They have all the meds. I know. Moms have all the things. <laughs> Seriously. Was, have we talked about our report team? Yeah, I think oh, we have. Yeah. We were at the ports game once. Yeah. And, and she needed sunscreen. We both needed oh, yeah. sunscreen. Liz let herself get fried. Um, but I was like, oh, we have to look for a mom. Moms have everything. And, <laughs> and I'm right not joking. Behind us. I turned around and I said, do you have enough sunscreen? She goes, oh, of course. And just hands me a bottle. I, I, was like, she, I think she was about to ask, like, what SPF do you want? Yeah. <laughs> she was, well, she was like, on it. Like, lady was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we have to talk about one more thing before we end today. Oh. Do we? Today... Kobe Bryant died. Yeah. I am so sad about this. Like, when you texted me that, yeah. like, he passed away, I thought, like, autocorrect had come over your phone because LeBron James just passed Kobe Bryant's scoring record yeah. last night. So I thought, what? Like, this oh. doesn't make sense. And then I am so sad about this. Yeah. Um, I... I'm a big sports fan. We say that every episode. I though. get the TMZ alerts. And TMZ, I know <laughs> I know people do the whole, like, oh, celebrity news, you know, like TMZ, whatever. But they're actually quite accurate um, yeah. in their reporting. And so when I first saw it, I went, huh, I don't know. But, I, I mean, if they're saying it, then I sort of believe it. But my heart dropped. It's like yeah. the first big, like, celebrity death where I've connected more. Like, you hear Kobe. And I just heard the whole LeBron James thing last night. So... I just had this moment of, oh, no. And then um, our youth pastor at church was walking by my office, and I was like, did you hear that Kobe Bryant died? He goes, no, he didn't. And he looks on his phone, and he's like, oh, he did. You know, yeah. like, yeah, it's yeah. just so sad. It's just sad. I mean, he was such a good player. And his and, daughter. Yeah, and his daughter. And other people. Yeah, like, the other people. Other people. Saying, well, now they're saying there were, like, I see, it's hard to know. <laughs> it's but, hard to know. Somebody's saying there's, like, nine people, and just tragic. Like, but, I mean, his... Um, I mean, he was a legend. His work ethic is something, yeah. you know, that he people... He had his issues. Absolutely. Uh, but, you but, know, but he, 
um, towards the end of his game. Yeah. You know, the sportsmanship, the things that he brought to the game, how he changed basketball yeah. in a lot of ways, inspired people like LeBron James to even to even play. I mean, it's kind of amazing. So it's a big loss for the community. Yeah. How did he change basketball? Just in the way, um, like his <laughs> his style of of play, his the dunks and stuff that he did. He um, took what Michael Jordan did and then improved upon that. And oh. um, he and Shaquille O'Neal with the Lakers were yeah. legends. Um, yeah, really. Yeah, that's a sad loss. Yeah, he's a two-time gold medalist. He's won a bunch of titles and stuff so yeah Liz is a basketball fan I am so I, that's why when you text me that I was like no I know you were like I'm shook, <laughs> I'm shook. <laughs> yeah I am you text me that during church and I, sorry I will say that I know his name he yeah. lived in LA yeah oh, lots of people live in LA yeah. but David likes the Clippers which is funny to me because he didn't even he can't name one person on the Clippers I don't do the sport okay so so I have a mental health question related to oh. the story Oh, so the NBA didn't cancel games, um, mm-hmm. even after his death. So, so the NBA is still playing today, oh. and some people have criticized it, saying that um, they're not allowing players to have um, grieving time. Oh, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I'm not one of the players, so I guess it doesn't really matter how is I his feel. His team playing today? No, they're well, not playing till yeah. Tuesday. Um, but he's retired. Yeah, he but, no, well, no, I know he but retired in 2016, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so some people are criticizing the NBA, saying that they should have canceled the games. But then I wonder, because we all sort of deal with things differently, is it more empowering to play for Kobe? Or is it less empowering um, to have to deal with this significant loss? And then... I think it depends on the player and the, and yeah. the teams. Because I, I know he mentored some young players, so I'm sure for them, playing today right. would be almost impossible. Yeah. Um, but I just, But I don't know. Yeah, I just wonder how um, it even is, like an organization would handle something like that because we all sort of deal with things yeah. in different ways. Well, and so it's saying here that like the Raptors and the Spurs when they played, um, when the game started, they each let the twenty-four second clock timeout oh. in like his honor. Like they just like set the ball down. Oh, and, like, that's nice. So that way, you know, it's, it's still a re- and remembrance. in all the games that are happening today, they've done something yeah. on the arena in the arena to honor Kobe's oh. I'm sure that there'll be a yeah a change in in jerseys for right um, people that are starting this week you know right so, oh. I mean it happened suddenly it yeah wasn't, it wasn't and it's a game day so it's I mean it's hard I understand yeah. from the Both organizational sides. Yeah. side of it, like trying to change everything well I mean, and then you know fans that showed up for games and, and tickets that you got yeah. reverse, all that stuff but then at the same time he was such a legend yeah I don't so. and I don't know Again, like from an organization standpoint, yeah. how you navigate that. Yeah. Um, I'm in a way, like, they've already like, set out statements. I'm right. Right. So, that, so oh, that's awesome. good yeah. question, though, and always good things to like keep asking ourselves. You know, how do we navigate um, these things and these issues? And so, thank you so much, Michelle, for being on the podcast today. Was it as so nerve wracking as you thought it would be? 50 50. You feel. You very natural and open. And, yeah, I used my Disney voice a couple times. Yeah, you but. did. Oh, I call it your mortuary voice. So, <laughs> oh, that was a bad, that was a bad joke. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, as always, it was great to have all these conversations with you. So, have a great week. See you later. Bye.